0: Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. Well,
1: if you got your Bibles with you, Turn with me to Psalms 23. Let's kick it off right. Psalms 23, let's look at verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. Is he yours? To feed, guide, and shield. He said, I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in the fresh, tender, green pastures, and he leads me beside still water. Somebody say, he leads me. He refreshes and restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, upright and right standing with him, not for my earning, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil for you are with me. Why? Because he's leading me. He said, your rod to protect, your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. How would I get there? He led me there. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. He said, aren't you glad that you got there and caused some good things happen to you when you got there? Because why? Because he's leading us. Look at verse 6. Surely, or only goodness and mercy, unfailing love, shall follow me all the days of my life. You could say it like this While I'm following him Good things are following me Because it's in the wake of his goodness That my life is overflowing With goodness You could say that couldn't you Verse 6 continues And through the length of my days The house of the Lord And his presence shall be my dwelling place Forever And forever Wow That's powerful He's with us, he's leading us, and he's guiding us. And that's what we're going to take a look at this morning. So at the beginning of the year, we kicked it off right, I thought, within the, talking about the power of prayer. How many of you remember that? And in checking my heart again today in today's message, I believe that we are to begin looking at the Spirit-led life and how to be led by the Spirit of God. So what does the shepherd do? Well, he leads, he feeds, and he protects So I believe that we're to focus in on just the first one, on how God leads, so we can focus in on being spirit-led, being led by the Spirit of God. So while we go through this, I want you to believe with me that the Holy Spirit will help us. Will you do that? To understand how we are to be led by the Spirit of God. So this is an area that, for the most part, is not widely taught. There are millions of Christians that have heard nothing about how to be led by the Spirit of God their whole life and that's amazing to me. This is something that the enemy desperately tries to hide and in many cases he's been successful. And it's not that it's just a a really a hard thing, it's just that the enemy knows that if we ever get a revelation on it, what? He's in trouble. Amen? So this topic aside from the salvation message is probably one of the most important messages that we'll ever hear is how to be led By the Spirit of God. I mean, after we pray, what are we looking for? We're looking for direction, right? So it makes sense. So I believe we're on the right track because we need to be able to hear God's direction. So, how many believe that if we do exactly what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, we'll never miss it? Amen. Because we never missed it following Him. I mean, miracles happen when we follow His direction. Remember the the wedding story at Cana in Galilee? How many of you remember that, John 2? What did Jesus' mother tell him? Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. And we know how that turned out, right? That was the first miracle Jesus did for us. So again, we'll never miss it following his direction because if we hear and understand his direction, the only thing that's standing in between us and receiving our miracle is doing what he said doing. That's just simple obedience, Right? So while preparing for this message, I was thanking God for revelation knowledge, and immediately I heard this phrase: if you're taking a note, write this down. This blew me away. Obedience is fueled by love. Love for his people, for him. And we do this for our, our natural kinfolk, right? I mean this we do anything for our kinfolk and our spouses and our kids. Because why? Because we love them. And see, that's what fueled Jesus, remember? For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. Love fueled Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit's giving us a direction on a particular thing, we need to immediately begin to do exactly the way he said do it. Would you agree? Now this is key. We don't need to try to put our little spin on it and help the Holy Spirit out, right? Well, I think what the Holy Spirit meant to say was probably not should do that. Don't try to fix it because faith works by being led by the Spirit and it's hard to separate almost impossible faith from being led by the Spirit. We need to get used to the idea, and I thought about this, we need to get used to the ideas that we're not home alone. When we got born again, the Spirit of the Creator of heaven and earth moved in on the inside of us and meshed with our spirit. The greater one now lives on the inside of us and his spirit witnesses with our spirit would you agree turn with me if you will to john the 16th chapter john 16. let's look at verse 13. it says when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth now i looked up that word all in the greek you know what it means it means all. <laughs> Man, I was shocked. So can we miss it following him? No. And what is it that we need to know in all situations? The truth, right? Which way do we need to go? What do we do from here? What do we do there? It's the truth that'll make you free. And I don't know a soul in this whole world, somebody may, that's looking for a good lie. You ever woke up and heard somebody say, boy, I sure wish I could run across a good lie. (laughs) Never. And I hate being lied to. I know y'all do. Look at verse 13. We'll continue on with verse 13. It says, he will not speak on his own authority, but he will tell you what he's heard. From who? From the Father. And he'll tell you about the future which is part of him actually guiding us, right? That's part of him being omniscient and all, right? Him knowing all things from beginning to the end. So do we have a divine guide? Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, Joe, needs need some help. Amen? Go with me to Romans, the eighth chapter. Let's take a short stroll through chapter eight, the victory chapter. Boy, I love Romans. If you had not had the opportunity to read Romans, Read Romans 5, it's, I mean, it's the Christian Constitution. Read Romans 5 through chapters 9. You can stop your mailbox up right there and just camp out and learn so much. If you, if you can get that part, it'll just catapult you into another level of Christianity that, that most likely you've never seen. So Romans 8, this is probably one of the greatest passages along the line that we could ever meditate on. that would actually show us precisely how God leads us. Let's look at verse 8. He says, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature, their flesh nature, can never please God. Never. Verse 9, but you're not controlled by your sinful nature, your flesh nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if, well, that's a big word, if you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. Where are my born-again believers at where they got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you? Wow, there's some of you missed the opportunity. Amen. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living on the inside of them do not belong to Him at all. See, you and I are not limited to just the flesh nature awareness. But in the Spirit, oh, here's some good news. If you've been born again, you're alive unto God. Your Spirit has been recreated, and the Spirit of God. Lives in you. Where you go, the Spirit of God goes. Again, we're not home alone. Man, that's awesome. He said He'd never leave you nor forsake you. If you just trust in Him, that He'd lead and guide you into all truth. I believe Him, don't you? Now, you can and you should be aware of Spirit. You are Spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And it reminds me every morning when I wake up, my feet hit the floor. Don't you? Amen, this whole body. But it's gonna be recreated. It's gonna have an overhaul here for too long. Gonna to change all, we're gonna kick the tire, we're gonna rotate, we're gonna do everything. Change the fluids, man. Let's get it old. We're gonna have a body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what that body is gonna be like? <laughs> Jesus' body, he walked through walls. You know, that's crazy. Amen. <laughs> Surprise. That's right. So people that are spiritually dead, not born again, are not aware of the Spirit, but only the flesh nature. Would you agree? Look at verse 10. And it says, And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right. (laughs) You've been made right, Brother Jerry. You've been made right with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, this old body is dead as far as being alive unto God. It's going to have a whole, and we just talked about it, we just, it's going to have a whole new complete overhaul, completely transformed because of sin. Amen. But our spirit is alive because of righteousness right now. You're, you're as saved as you're ever going to be right now. You're alive unto God. Now it's just renewing your mind, right? Amen. Let's look at verse 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. We've been talking about this for, what, five or ten minutes already. Where are y'all getting so far? You got the creator living on the inside of you. He's going to fix your body problem too. The spirit problem has already been fixed. Man, that's big. Look at verse 12. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation, this being the case, you have no obligation, Paul says, to do what your sinful nature, your flesh nature, urges you to do. So the I'm only human excuse carries this much weight moving forward. Right? As it should. So na na boo boo flesh nature. We don't know you were dying. Amen. So now we have an open conduit to the creator of heaven and earth, and we have access to everything that he has. I got to thinking about the prodigal son. Remember the dad? And the oldest, how mad he got. And he said, son, you've been, with, you've been here all along. Been with me forever. Everything I have is yours. That's a picture of the Father in us. Amen. So now we have access to everything that God has. Verse 13, for, you live if, for if you live by its dictates, flesh nature, you'll die. Now that doesn't mean that you'll grow old and die someday. It means that you'll be experiencing death as you live, death in relationships, financial arena, peace arena, etc. You could go on and on. But if, this one got me, but if through the power of the Spirit, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, living on the inside of you, that same power you put to death, he said, you put to death. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it intentionally. The deeds of your sinful nature, your flesh nature, he said if you do that, you'll live. So, there's two different ways to live, and a born-again believer can live both ways. Now, let, me re- let me recommend one in particular. So there's two ways, live according to the flesh or live according to the spirit, because the, the, the works of the flesh in general will lead us down the wrong path, and we've all experienced that before. Amen. And if we let it lead us, the flesh nature that is, we'll do things that we'll regret. We'll wind up losing some things because there's death and there's loss in it. Pastor Daniel talked about that a while ago. But more good news, if we let the Spirit lead us, there's healing, there's prosperity, there's restoration, there's peace, there's righteousness, and you just go on and on of everything that God has for you to fulfill the plan and purposes that he has for your life. God's word says that the path of the righteous, that's me and you, grows brighter and brighter if we're following him. If we're not following him, what, what could we expect? It's going to be tough. What was that uh, John Wayne said one time? If you st- somebody help me. Life's tough, but it's tougher if you're stupid. Amen, Brother John. <laughs> I all like to tell you. Good gracious. Let's look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In verse 15, I did this out of the Common English Bible. He says, you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back into fear, but you received the spirit that shows that you're adopted as the child of God. With this spirit, he says, we cry, Abba, Father. Whew, son. I mean, you could, that's worth combing your hair and coming on into church this morning, right? So what we see here, the first thing that he actually mentions is what we're not to be led by. And it's what the enemy tries to lead us by all the time. Anybody catch it? Fear. Fear. See, if we follow fear, we follow the enemy. And that will always lead us into death and destruction, would you agree? So here's a key. We have to overcome fear in order to be led by the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God leads you to do something, it's going to take faith, and fear is just the opposite of faith, and if we do that, what happens almost instantaneously? What will come? Fear. See, the enemy will immediately say, oh, you can't do that. No, you can't do that, you might, you might well go sit down somewhere. You can't, do, and give you 50 reasons why you can't do something. And that's a fact, I've experienced it. And I had to ask, Lord forgive me, I missed it. I just missed it, I yielded to fear and not faith in your direction. And if we follow that fear, our miracle was just aborted. That's a fact, amen? So, quick example right quick, what if we had a followed fear when we were looking at this facility to purchase it when OCC first kicked off. Would we be in the same place today, I wonder? Man, I don't think so. But we did not follow fear. Look around, you wanna know what faith looks like? Look around, walk, when church is over, walk around and see what faith looks like. Boy, we was at faith. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Did we have an opportunity to yield to fear? Oh yeah, buddy. We went from very small beginnings to this? To this structure? Are you kidding me? Yeah, we had an opportunity to yield to fear. But Second Timothy told it like this, for God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, of love, and of a sound mind. And we moved in, buddy, and here OCC is. Amen? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad y'all are excited about that, because I about took off running this morning when I. So switching gears just a little bit, millions of believers don't believe that we can actually hear personally and directly from God. How about y'all? Amen. (laughs) Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Many believe, at least in some variation, that God is directing them through outward circumstance, and that's a huge mistake. I mean, we'll begin to hear all kinds of phrases. something happens, they'll say, "Uh uh-oh, thank God's trying to tell you something, brother. You all heard that? Millions of Christians believe that somehow, through everything that's happening in and around about us, that God is leading us, and that's just not true. Tradition and men's ideas have made the Word of God of none effect. Would you agree? Amen. People get fighting mad talking about it too, and don't even realize how many scriptures they are actually uh, ignoring and contradicting. So does God lead us by the school of hard knocks? No. Whacking us on the head. We try to go this way. Whack. Oh, can't go that way. You try to go this way. Whack. Can't go that way. you ever experienced that? But the scripture didn't say as many as are led by whacks, did it? They are the sons of God. No, it says as many as are led by the spirit of God. He's not called the whacker. <laughs> Kind of glad about that. He's called the comforter, the teacher. And he's going to guide us. He's going to remind us, show us things to come, right? Amen. Turn with me to Psalms 32. Psalms 32. Psalms 32. Let's start in the eighth verse. It says, the Lord says that I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Man, that started out good, didn't it? I will advise you and I'll watch over you. He says, don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit or a bridle to keep it under control. Now, the Amplified Classic, one one of my newest favorites, said this for verse 9. He says, be not like the horse or the mule which lack understanding which must have their mouths held firm with bit and bridle, or else they'll not come to you." So we just can't just sit down with old horse and mule and just have a conversation with them, tell them, all right, boys, this is what we're going to do today. Right? Can't do that, can we? Even if if we got some good ones, right? Now, they can be trained to a certain degree, but if we go into some hour spiel about what we're going to do, don't expect that they're going to get half of what you say, (laughs) right? Amen. Some people say, well, my horse is pretty smart, Brother Joe. Well, good, but he shouldn't be near as smart as you. That's a fact. Amen. Contemporary English version said, don't be stupid like a horse or a mule that must be led with ropes to make them obey. And yet this is exactly how millions of Christians believe that God leads. Through external persuasions. Example, it might look something like this. Somebody lost a job. Well, God's trying to tell you something. Or an 18-wheeler ran through an intersection, crashed into your pretty little red, yellow Jeep and on April the 6th, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Remember it well. Brother George, somebody's trying to tell you something. No, I had a wreck. <laughs> sickness came on your body boy you better pay attention i think god's trying to tell you something you know what it was i learned last time i was sick i don't want to be sick no more that's what i learned how about y'all that's true and the truth will set you free brother and many times people actually pray for god to lead them externally prayers like lord if this is you send four red cars Buy one after the other, I'll know it's you. <laughs> it was funny, because my wife and I were kicking tires on this with this board. and said, yeah, they will sitting in four red cars by there, and then he says, okay, now what? He said, okay, send four Lamborghinis by now just to be on the safe side. i don't think this is the elevator, where are you gonna see a Lamborghini? <laughs> you just try to be disobedient, that's all that is. <laughs> Lord, send four 747s by here. I'll just make it bigger and bigger and bigger. People say, Well, I've actually actually done that, Brother Joe, and it actually worked. Well, God has mercy on us, too, right? Thank you, Lord. But if we keep doing that, we're going to get into trouble. And that's a fact, because guess who's the God of this world? Many people have a hard time swallowing this, but man, look it up. It's throughout Scripture. Satan is the God of this world, this worldly system, and there's so many places in the Bible where Jesus actually calls him the ruler of this world. Just look around. Pastor D called it out a while ago. Tornadoes, shootings. Does it look like God is, come on now, 2 Corinthians four, 4 says Satan, Paul said it like this, Satan who is the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. See, Satan does things in this world too. First Peter 5 8 talks about it, remember? He has influences all over. And if we're going to be led by external things, we're going to be misled. We don't need bits and bridles in our mouth, ropes pulling us one way or the other. God's intelligent. So are we. Amen. God's spirit lives on the inside of us. He can talk to us. We can hear him we can get it. We don't have to be led by our bits and ropes and (laughs) external aids, do we? And I'm glad about that because you look around, I mean, so many things are so inconsistent with external circumstances. How many of you felt the same every day since you were born? You felt the same every day when you get up? I dare to say none of us. I mean, you can tell circumstances change from one minute to the next when you go to work, when you go to Your mother in law's house, or wherever you go. (laughs) Amen. We may ought to move on. (laughs) Now, the verse we just looked at about the horse and the mule, what was the issue again? It says they have no understanding. And that was the reasoning for the external aids, they don't understand. Paul addressed it in Ephesians 5, 17. He says, therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So there's millions of Christians that don't believe that we can actually really know what the will of God is, but that's not true. That it's just a mysterious and unknowable will. But God said, just as we looked at in Ephesians 5, if you don't know what the will of the Lord is, he says, you're unwise. I don't want to be unwise to you. So does he expect us to find out what his will is? Yeah. He expects us to understand it, and he expects us to know it. So if we look out throughout Scripture everywhere, God said to Adam, God said to Moses, God said to Abraham, God said to David, Paul, I mean, the the whole Bible is full of God said and folks hearing from God. That's how we got the whole Bible to start with. God said via the Holy Spirit to each writer and they penned it exactly the way he said it. People personally and directly hearing from God. So has it changed for you and I today? Of course not. The Bible talks about he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So let's take it one look at one scripture and then I've got a treat for you that bless my socks off I want to share with you. Acts the 8th chapter. It's just a reference scripture. It says the Holy Spirit said to Philip. Who said it? The Holy Spirit said it. He says go over and walk along beside this carriage. Now is that personal and direct? And is it specific? That was supernatural. Philip didn't know this guy from Adam. He had no idea what was going on. Yet he went over anyway out of obedience. And it turns out that this guy was an, an official from another country. And it just so happens that he was reading from the book of Isaiah, which gave Philip an opportunity to minister to him and explain the book of Isaiah to him. Amen? To bring an understanding to the book. You see, this, if, if we would have been led by circumstances or if he would have been led by circumstances, this encounter would have never happened. It would have never happened. But on, he, he followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. There's this video that I want to share with you. I went to a recent men's encounter here a month or so ago. And it's talking about listening and, uh, and understanding the voice of God. And I wanted to share that with you. So if you will, cue that video and then I'm going to come back, back up and we'll, we'll close it out. Amen? I was
0: in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. A pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane. And I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it, you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, OK. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front, I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're gonna. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes, and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? (laughs) Now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me, and his eyes roll back in his head. (laughs) And he starts mumbling, and he passes out. Passed out cold. Now, I grabbed him, and I shook him, and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now, we are in the clouds, flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there, and I handed him the microphone, and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said hello hello we didn't know any proper radio etiquette all we were saying was hello and somebody answered back hello hello don't you guys know proper radio etiquette and i said give me i said we don't know nothing tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane the guy said i'm a freighter flying out of anchorage on the way to tokyo and he said you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you said tell him that's correct now you gotta understand i am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage emergency for you. And Anchorage emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. Now I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, You're four minutes from a mountain. He said, You're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned and he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage, and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die, but I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s, started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices. And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice finally we went through the worst of the weather but there was still more and then the voice came back and it said now I'm gonna line you up he said I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway and at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross he said don't you forget this the cross is the way home finally he's bringing us down we still can't see anything And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice, and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. (laughs) Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. The knock at my door. and I open the door and A man was standing there, he said, hello, David. He said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living sacrifice, holy.
1: Amen. So the question is, are we paying attention to the voice? I want to help us maybe possibly get kick-started. Some of us may not be able to hear The voice of the lord but i want to see if i can help us with that so just a quick exercise this is what we i want you to do just practical points that may that may help us set aside a time on purpose to fellowship with god through his word 95 plus percent of the time god speaks to us through his word Put on some praise and worship music to try to maybe help focus in on God to kind of drown out the busy days that we all have, right? Begin to pray and roll all your cares over on him. It's really hard to hear God's voice if you're burdened with something. So begin to pray and roll all your cares over on him. He said, I care for you. Find a scripture, meditate on it. mull it over. Just pick one, they're all good, Right? And then write down what you think God is saying to you through that scripture. Because God's word's alive. And he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. Now the last point studying God's word trains our spiritual ear to be able to know his voice and you can know it it's like most everything in life that we have to learn we have to learn how to hear God's voice and it's through his word that he speaks to us so that talked a lot about fear so we as born again believers have the authority over fear so fear, I take authority over you right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And I speak life, and I speak peace to whoever that is, because that was a word for somebody. Just take it and receive it. Fear is not for you. Faith is, peace is, righteousness, joy in him. He wants the very best for you. He's laid out paths, the very best pathway for you and I to walk on. If we just listen to him and trust him, he said, I'll lead you there. I got you. And not get focused in on the storms of life. Amen. So when our prayer warriors come up here a while ago, if that was you, tell them say that was me, and they'll agree with you and pray with you, and you can put this thing to bed today and you can move on and live a victorious life. That's the word for me and you. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.